0: Before you hear the voices of Mitch and myself on Tapping the Keg podcast, episode 450, I want to check in really quick on Aaron Rodgers and the Bucs-Suns game as we taped right before both of those things happened. It was probably not the best day to podcast, if we're being honest, but Mitch and I wanted to talk about the deadline, so we did talk about the deadline and we talked about some other things. I will not spoil the topics for you. As for Aaron Rodgers and winning the MVP, I know a lot of you would probably act like Lieutenant Dan on New Year's Eve. The confetti flies and you just don't care. There are a lot of people who are like, well, what does an MVP mean? I mean, I even did a podcast about this saying how should MVPs really matter or is it just about Super Bowls? While Super Bowls are important, I think we always say on this show it's really fucking hard to win a Super Bowl. I thought this road was the easiest for the Green Bay Packers. And I thought that the Packers could get back there. I thought they could finally get over that hump. This seemed like it was the year. I'm not trying to dwell on that. But I also want to give perspective. The reason I thought that was because of Aaron Rodgers' regular season. And that's why he is the MVP. You could make the case for Tom Brady, sure. but Or Cooper Cup, But I do think what Aaron Rodgers did all year long was very special. There were memorable moments littered throughout the season. The San Francisco comeback was extremely special. The Arizona comeback with basically nobody around him and no receivers left left available, also really impressive. Some of the games where it wasn't necessarily like Rodgers moments but he just was steady and consistent and found Devontae Adams and before he went down with an injury found Robert Tunyon the relationship he developed with Alan Lazard occasional Marquez Valdez Scantling moments although Scantling I think had a a step back this season EQ came into his own Aaron Rodgers had a really Good year. The the loss against Minnesota—that's another one that I would put on Rogers' resume. He was so awesome in that second half. That was one of the best halves of Rogers' season. And you think about how it started, and you think about where Aaron Rodgers was. And he was this malcontent. He didn't want to be there. They got blown out by the Saints. He was smiling on the sidelines. It's like, what the fuck is this? And everybody was raging mad at Aaron. They have a struggle bus to get out the gates against Detroit. And in the second half, the Packers start to pick up speed. Then they beat San Francisco. They beat Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden, the train is rolling again. And Aaron Rodgers looks really damn good. And because no one wanted the MVP spot, because no one grabbed the MVP belt, the best overall talent in football was able to take it and say, all right, you guys don't want it. I'll have it. And I do wonder and I am not going to look at this back, maybe Monday, who knows. Peyton Manning in his five years, was it always Peyton Manning was the best player? Or were there years where Peyton Manning said, all right, I'm just going to be awesome this entire year. You guys do what you got to do, but I'm going to be awesome and win MVP. And that there was nobody else around him. Aaron Rodgers did not get challenged once because every time you'd have a little bit of hype around Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, they would suddenly trip on their deck and then they're no longer the MVP. Aaron Rodgers did none of that tripping. And he had a really special regular season. And please do not take it for granted. I know that you won a Super Bowl. I know you're going to be stewing about Rams Bengals on Sunday. But Aaron Rodgers deserves your love. He deserves the credit for an awesome year. And the last few with LaFleur have been an absolutely fun ride from September to to December. It's when we get into January where the scary hours begin. And Packers just need to be better. I do think that with LaFleur and Rodgers, with continued years, things will get better. Things will improve. This does not sort of scare me if you will, that this will never happen with Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, uh, Rodgers post-NVP comments, he was very complimentary to a lot of people. He made multiple mentions of Russ Ball and Brian Gunacous in his speech. He mentioned Mark Murphy. He paid tribute to Ted Thompson. He mentioned Matt LaFleur. And some people thought that this was a sign of him leaving. I really didn't. He also complimented Gutekus and Ball after for making him feel really special. So the Packers finally took care of their guy. In a weird way, Aaron Rodgers became the number one boy. Shout out to Kendall Roy. That is what Aaron Rodgers became this season. Why would Aaron Rodgers want to give that up? Aaron Rodgers isn't getting traded. I will guarantee you that tonight, early on Friday morning. Aaron Rodgers will be a Packer or he will retire. You can lock that in. I don't have that sourced. I just know that is the attitude of our quarterback because the way he acted was not of a guy who was flippant or a guy who wanted to leave or left somebody out. Like imagine if you would have left Brian Gunacuse out of everything he talked about. Major fucking news story tomorrow. It's like, okay, you think Harden and Simmons are divas? Here's what Aaron Rodgers did, right? Aaron Rodgers is always headline news, which I feel bad for because he doesn't deserve that. He you know, he he can he should be able to enjoy some of the finer things in life without people breathing down his neck. But what are you gonna do? Congrats to Aaron, congrats to Leroy Butler. We talk a little bit about Leroy Butler at the tail end of the podcast, so I will well deserved from one of my favorite Packers. Quickly on the Bucks and Sons before we get to Mitch and I. Look, the game doesn't mean a ton. The Bucs didn't show much. They played a pretty vanilla defense. The Suns tore them up. DeAndre Ayton was awesome. The overreactions from the national media about the Suns will be fun to watch. The Bucs will be considered maybe the fourth best team or the third best team in all of basketball. Because you know it'll be the Suns first. It'll be the Philadelphia 76ers second. And then you'll have the Bucs third. That's okay. That is, I think, exactly where the Bucs want to be. They want to sort of be the underdog. They want to kind of have that mentality heading into the playoffs and making sure they deliver on it. And they can get back to the finals, whether they are one seed, whether they're two seed, three seed, four seed. It might be pushing it a little bit, but I still think a four seed, they could get there. They are going to have to do it without pack content. To me, the story of this game is not necessarily the Suns' domination. It's that Pat Connaughton is going to be out for six to eight weeks, likely. And he's likely going to miss at least 15 games. That is a brutal loss for the Bucks after just having the trade deadline. And you could argue, well, if that would have happened, would Serge Bach be a Buck Or would they have looked elsewhere? I don't know. I don't have that crystal ball. I'm sure John Horst knows. I'm sure John Horst is having a discussion like, we didn't have to move off Dante. We could have done this. Or if we moved Dante and this guy, we could have easily got you know, some random wing player. But I, I don't necessarily think that the Bucks are screwed playoff-wise. It's, again, it's similar to the Brooke Lopez thing, right? He's If it's a six- to eight-week injury, he's back in mid-April. So he's back for the playoffs. Now, will his shooting stroke be the same? I don't know. Would it be great if he got, like, a rookie of the year hand and just started making it rain everywhere like a Curry brother or something? That would be great. That, that would be awesome. But I don't think that's happening. It's going to be all right. I think the Bucks now have Portland and Indiana. You're gonna need a lot more from Jordan Nora. Less nights at Trinity, more nights at the gym. And you're going to need a little bit more from George Hill whenever he can come back. So hopefully George Hill can come back from his injury. I don't wanna really watch Lindell Wingington. I would imagine that the Bucks having multiple days off here until their Monday jaunt with the Portland Trailblazers. They will add some 10-day contract guys and get some guys to fill in the roster for the time being before they make any moves come the buyout market. So it was a game. It was an unforgettable game. It really wasn't that worth talking too much about. I felt I had to honor the people. I felt I had to respect everybody here and be like, all right, we we're gonna do we're gonna do this morning podcast even if it kills me, and we're gonna do this. Opening podcast, even if it kills me, and I will deliver the goods to all of you. All right, let's have me stop talking. Why don't you also hear, Mitch? This is tapping the keg 450, and it starts now. Welcome in to another edition of the tapping keg podcast episode Food. 450. Charlie here, Mitch here. Deadline was today. And things blew up. We'll talk about the Ibaka deal, hence the Bucks for virtually nothing. John Horst, the God, doing it again. Also, the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade that shook up the NBA. We'll go through other East contenders, talk about the impact, how that affects the Bucs, and the roadmap for the rest of the season. Talk a little bit about Super Bowl, how there is no buzz, there's no excitement. It is a very flaccid Super Bowl for the glitz and glam of Los Angeles. <laughs> my wife did not like me using flaccid in that sense. End of time. We'll talk a little MLB rules, but we're up against it with the Bucks playing a little bit. You've heard my reaction, whether that was a good reaction or a bad reaction. Still think I'll feel good, uh, what, what, win or lose, but we'll see. We'll never know. Um, I've, we've had some brutal regular season sun loss, Suns losses, but we had a lot of fun in the postseason. So let me waste no more time to welcome my co-host, Mitch. What's happening, dude?
1: Oh, hell of a day. I'll just say that. Hell of a
0: day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hell of a day in, in,
1: in several ways.
0: So Yeah, Alexa play had a bad day. Alexa play bad day by Daniel, is uh, that Pewter or whatever? Like, you know, the guy who's like, and you had a bad day, you take on i kind of right. I,
1: I don't he remember exactly that. Just to turn yeah. it around. We know how it goes. We know how it goes. Um, Yeah, heck of a day. I mean, just, I don't know, between the trade deadline and everything, and and, then a personal issue popped up um, that hopefully sorts itself out in less than a month. I'll just say that. So, yeah. Um, But,
0: (laughs) yeah. Nobody cares uh, about that. No, I know. They all care about the deadline. We'll get down to business. And the Bucs made a move. Uh, The Bucs did not sit on their hands. I don't think we expected them to. John Horst filled the need of a backup big by getting Serge Baca from the Los Angeles Clippers in a rarely seen four-team deal that featured Marvin Bagley going to the Pistons. I won't get everybody that was there. Dante, our sweet Dante, going back to Sacramento. Sacramento finally gets Dante DiVincenzo. I have to feel like it's their... Second coming in Nick Stauskas, you know, Vivek Stauskas, Stauskas. If you, heard, you don't know what video I'm referring to, please look it up. And then the Clippers got Rodney Hood and Semi-Ojole. Uh, I saw some guy who's like, who's a Clippers fan. is like, I usually watch video on all the new Clippers. I draw the line with Semi-Ojole. So yet again, <laughs> second, second straight uh, trade deadline that John Horst has moved off of a bad off-season acquisition. I did it last year with DJ Augustine. He does it this year with Samuel Ojelaye. So, Mitch, your first thoughts on Serge Ibaka joining the Bucks? Well,
1: you know, I guess I'm not as as excited about as you. I, I think it's I think it's a good good pickup. Um, and I know you were sort of razzing me about Brook Lopez being in the deal, and uh, that I think would have been and a disaster if they would have had to have done that, but. I guess to get Serge, um, I don't know how much he has left. I, I think we need to, I don't know, temper some expectations. But at the same time, you're not really going to ask him to do much. Um, I think a lot of it hinges on the future of Brooke Lopez this year, what, what he's going to be able to, to bring. I guess if Serge has to start in, in playoff games or, some, or stuff down the stretch, That's okay, too. He can probably do that. Um, But I think if you look at – shame on me. I should have it in front of me. But, like, Brooke Lopez in the playoffs last year probably was only playing, like, 20 or 25 minutes a game, if I remember correctly. So it wasn't like he was in there for 40 minutes. I mean, you do see a lot of Giannis at center lineups um, in the playoffs when, for whatever reason, teams go a little bit smaller. So I think it's going to be a pretty good fit just given where Ibaka's at, he's 32 years old. Um, actually younger than me. So <laughs> it's hard, hard to talk about a guy being, being old um, when he's younger than me, but he's got some mileage on him, but he's a very experienced player in turn. Um, I think, I think it shows to kind of where Steven Chenzo's value had dropped to because I guess that's part of it for me is like a little underwhelming. Um, just, you know, I guess if you would have asked me at this time yesterday, I guess I, I, getting somebody like Mo Bamba or something would have probably been a dream just because, you know, the immense upside that Bamba possesses at this time, I'm guessing the magic he might not have been available um, the Magic might be delusional if they're trying to get a first-round pick for Terrence Ross, which <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah, the um, Magic
0: Magic kind of fucked themselves a little bit today. I feel like the Magic should have taken on a little bit less or taken on some bad contracts and realized that yeah we're okay, and then we'll just buy that guy out. You know why? And they They did, they, did, they had a they had a great deadline last year, so right. Um,
1: good on them, but yeah, they didn't do much uh, this year. I think you're gonna end up buying out some people, which maybe. You know, I think that's, you know, maybe the Bucks take a guy from them if they buy out somebody. I guess I'm more okay with Serge Ibaka than Robin Lopez. Oh yeah. Um, I just for whatever reason, you know, we've already got George Hill back, West Matthews back. I just have a little, little touch of PTSD from the bubble where it's like, you know, guy, we already had a bunch of these guys. Like we don't need another one on a team that. Came up well short of, of expectations and and where we thought that team would finish. Um, obviously, unprecedented circumstances, but oh, yeah, um, no question. You know, I, I think I think Ibaka provides more than like a Robin Lopez. So
0: what oh, no. you're
1: asking, Ibaka, uh, you're gonna ask maybe maybe 15 minutes a game in the postseason. I mean, just enough to to spell be that I guess third or fourth big because I can imagine Bobby's gonna play. 20 minutes in a, a postseason game, but you also saw too like he couldn't play against Brooklyn. Um, uh, they they went a different direction for that series, which
0: yeah, which does think, happen.
1: So I, ha- having the bodies is, is is what you're what you're really looking for at this point.
0: I think that this is a little bit of Bobby insurance. I think it is. I think there there's a concern that maybe there are series where we can't play Bobby Portis the way we want to, and so. We have to use another big. We have to rotate a guy like surgeon. I think it is injury management with Brooke Lopez. Um, I took a look at minutes. He actually played 29 minutes in the postseason, a game, but it was varied. Uh, He didn't play much in that Phoenix series, only 24 minutes, played a lot in the Atlanta series and he played a ton in that Brooklyn series, 34. So I think that there is some injury management too, and maybe they just know they can't do what they did last year. Like they probably can't can rely on Brooke for 20 minutes, and it's just going to be a rotation of Brooke, Bobby, and Serge, and that's going to kind of be how they're how they're doing it. The reason I liked the, the move was really because I felt like it was a way to avoid another rival getting Serge Ibaka whether it be a reunion in Toronto, whether it be Chicago making a move because they lack size and defense um, right now in the interior. and They did not do anything to help it unless Patrick Williams is coming back this season, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Or Miami, for that matter, right? Um, Adding him with Bam Adebayo sounds like a disaster. It honestly does. And Ibaka really would fit in with that team. So in a way, like I'm not saying it was just a preventative move to prevent the rivals from getting him. I think the reason I like it more is because he's a guy that's burned us in the past, and he's a guy we saw kill us in that Toronto series in 2019. I realized this is not the same player. I realized he had to have back surgery, but Giannis makes everybody better. It's really rare to have a guy not thrive with playing with Giannis Kumbo. And I just think of, you know, his ability to be in the dunker spot at times, his ability to just be on a pick and pop three, running some action with Holiday or Middleton. I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Serge Baca, similarly to what Bobby does. I mean, it's not that unsimilar, right? Like they, they, they I think Ibaka is a little bit bigger, at least bigger, like physically, but I think he's a little taller too. But it, he does a lot of similar things that, as Bobby.
1: He's longer than Bobby for sure. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. And
1: he's much more of a defensive presence, I think, but he's also shooting like 39% from three, which is pretty incredible in in 35 games. Um, He's only playing 15 minutes a game this season. So not, not starting a whole lot um, at all. And really, I think he's, you know, missed 35 games. They probably played 50 ish. So he's missed a chunk. I'm not really sure what the problems are this year um, injury wise, but um, yeah, again, you're just, you're not, you're not going to ask him to do a ton. And I I do agree that, you know, Giannis will, will make, you know, he'll, he'll draw so many eyeballs that, you know, maybe having another guy in that dunker spot. um, Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's more versatile, I guess, than, than you think. And I, I, I'm really excited to, to get a look at him um, down the stretch where I think, you know, if the bucks are playing some of their best ball right now, and I think it seems like it's finally go time. Um, we've all been waiting for them to kind of kick it in the ass a little bit. And everything seems to have they sorted out the wrinkles and um, now it's, now it's time to, to make a move. And, and you, you knew John Horst would, I, I don't know if there's been a deadline where he, he hasn't done something. Right. Um, so you know, again, I'm I'm going to wait a little bit to see what they end up getting on the buyout. They have, at the time of us recording this podcast, they have like three open roster spots. They have 12 guys. So they have to, I saw they have to get to 14 in like two weeks.
0: Yeah. The, I think buyouts,
1: the... buyouts start March, March 1st. Yep. So that I course. don't know if they're going to have to, they're going to have to find some, you know guys up the street, hopefully not like Langston Galloway or anything like that again. But yeah. they, they, I think they I think they need I'd be okay with Schroeder, um especially assuming he's going to get bought out going, you know, he goes to Houston somehow. Um, that was maybe the most bizarre trade of the day. For sure. Actually, can I um,
0: can, can I interject and ask can ask for a uh, Mary fuck kill here? Mary Fuck sure. Kill for the box. John Horse, Dennis Schroeder, Goran Dragic, Eric Bledsoe.
1: Oh boy, I I guess Mary Schroeder, Fuck Bledsoe, and Kill Dragic.
0: You just—is it because you hate Dragic? Is it because of that you just don't like Dragic? And you don't want to cheer for Dragic?
1: Yeah, probably. I, I guess I could probably say fuck Dragic and kill Bledsoe. Because I, I think Bledsoe is – But I heard that he's staying in Portland. That's, that's the plan. Oh, uh,
0: well, so. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is a classic bad team, good stats guy. So it wouldn't surprise me if Bledsoe was like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, you know what? I suck in the playoffs anyways. I can just chill in Portland, chill in the Pacific Northwest, get my shots up hang out with my OnlyFans girlfriend and just, just live. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be all right. I am glad. just chilling. I would tend to agree with that. I think Schroeder does a lot of nice things and can, you know, make some things happen that George Hill can't. I think just the pace of play is one thing. I kind of dove into Schroeder earlier this week. And one of the things I said about like, you know, I know him and Bud didn't always get along. I think that Bud knowing that he has Giannis matters. Like when Schroeder was at his best in Oklahoma City, who did he have? Chris Paul. Chris mm-hmm. Paul kept him in line. I think Giannis would be that same sort of influence on Schroeder. So I don't think there'd be a lot of that worry. Um, I just think everybody sort of falls in line with Giannis Kumbo. I'm not going to say as far as saying he's like a Tom Brady figure, but it, it does he does have that vibe of like, when Giannis speaks, every everybody listens. When Giannis does something, everybody does that. Like I've heard that from some people who know a little bit closer. Where it's like, yeah, for before that play, before the finals run, they were really uptight as a team. They're not as much anymore, and it was because Giannis kind of demanded that. And so, yeah, I think Schroeder would fall in line, and I I think they have, I think, they, I think that would really enhance the market. But yeah, I. I would be, I'd be definitely into the idea of Schroeder and Drogic would be all right, but it would almost be, it almost be better if Drogic just goes back to Miami. I've, I saw it's rumored he can't go back there because he got traded again. I would just, you know what, let's just really make Miami the villain. Just put all of it on the table. Let's, let's bring all the smoke and just see what happens with them and the heat, the bucks and the heat.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um. I guess, or if he ends up going to Dallas, that's fine too. Then we don't have to really Dallas would worry be great. about him. Um, probably his best fit, I think. Um, but yeah, fuck it. Um, give me the Heat. Um, I mean, that's I, I don't know how if you want to transition to other teams around the East, but yeah, you know, Miami not, not doing anything. Um, was interesting, but you know, a lot of these teams at the top half of the, the league really, and especially in the East outside of Philly and Brooklyn. Wow. Well, we should, you know, talk, we'll Philly, bat, we should but... talk
0: Philly and Brooklyn. I mean, that's the one, that's the big one. I mean, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the one everybody's leading with who isn't doing a local thing today. And yeah. it, it's incredible. It, I can't believe it happened. I know that there was a lot of smoke and all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, this is possible. I think, I think I was on the phone with Murph or I just got on the phone with Murph last Friday and the Shams the shams report came out and it was like, oh, this is possible. This is on the table. It's being talked about. And what it seemed like was Embiid really liked playing with Seth Curry. And Embiid was like, I... Love playing with Seth Curry. I have a good partnership with him. We, you know, see eye to eye. And Daryl Murray kind of told him to fuck off. Now I think that Harden and Embiid, two of the best ten players in the NBA, but definitely top twenty. I don't know. Maybe do you consider Harden a top ten player right now?
1: Hmm. Probably not. But he's no. he's probably he's in that ten to twenty
0: range. He can get basically. to 10. he can get to a top ten. Let's put it that way. He yeah he can ascend to being a top ten player. But you know, uh, if that goes haywire, you know beads probably gonna point a finger at some point. Be like, "Hey, I told you." I like Harden's all right, but I like my guy was Seth. So I just I'm curious on how that'll all work. Like, uh, yeah, I just I I don't necessarily buy that. But okay, I mean, no, that's fine. I, I
1: get your I get your point, but you know, no, I, I think I'm at the end, saying, at the end of the day, it, it, it's 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 a whole dynamic that um, Embiid has never had. Oh,
0: absolutely. Where he's just going
1: to, he's just going to have, you know, a perimeter based guy who's going to probably take a lot of touches away from him. No question about it. I mean, Harden, when he, when he, when he's on your team, you're going to, you know, you're going to be deferring touches to that guy. No question. And Philly's Philly's been, you know, very good this year overall. Um, Embiid has been having his best year yet, and you know, now they have another guy. And, and you know, you got to remember too, they they weren't getting anything out of Ben Simmons. So to turn Simmons, you know, dead contract essentially, dead roster spot into Harden is is a, is a pretty good thing for them. Um, you know, I, I think both teams are going to benefit. Both teams are probably going to get better am I really afraid of, of either one of them? I, I don't know. I have to, I have to see it a little for a little bit, but um, it's more about what the Bucks, you know, the Bucks are the model of consistency here in 2022. And it's more about them than it is um, what these other teams do. Uh, you know, um, all these teams are trying to stop uh, the Bucks big three, I guess. And um, I welcome the, uh, I welcome the challenge for sure. Yeah,
0: and if you look at it like that, like, let's just take the big three portion of this. You say, all right, Philly has Embiid against Giannis, but I'm going to tell you right now, Joel Embiid can't guard Giannis for a full seven-game playoff series, 40 minutes a game. Embiid's going to wear down. He just is. I realize he's in as good of shape as he has ever been but Giannis is just so much faster, so much lighter on his feet than Joel Embiid. There's no way Embiid can keep up with Giannis for seven games. Do we agree? And I'm sure they'll throw Thibel on Mm -hmm. Giannis a little bit. Sure, they'll do some other things, but a little bit of Tobias Harris. But Giannis is going to, if anybody other than Embiid, Giannis is going to take him to the cleaners. One game, yeah, maybe. Two games, sure. But once you get that third game, fourth game, it's going to be really tough. I mean, Aiden... We saw it happen to Aiden. Like Aiden's pretty good defender. I would put him. Yeah. Would you put Aiden at the level of Embiid, or would you say that they're close?
1: I mean, Aiden defensively.
0: Yeah, is certainly. Be
1: probably along with him, but I mean, yeah. offensively, Embiid is oh, no, level. Yeah. But no, no, offensively, um, yeah.
0: Embiid's, yeah. Y- Embiid's.
1: No, you're right. I mean, Giannis is the Terminator. Yeah. You know, he's he's he won't stop until. Yeah. Until you're dead.
0: And so then you have Chris Middleton and, okay, yeah, Thibel will probably assume Middleton and that's probably going to be an issue and you'll have to figure it out and find ways to free up Chris Middleton. And that's just going to be a challenge, but thibble is nothing offensively. So how, how much can you have Theibel up there in closing minutes? How could, can he really be part of your closing rotation? If he's giving you nothing offensively, I, I don't know. I, I have that question and then yeah, maybe, but I, like, I think that he won't,
1: he won't, he shouldn't have to do anything.
0: No, I know. But look, man. I mean, Bruce Bowen,
1: Bowen played, played, and that was a different era. but yeah, no, that's I mean, true. You know, similar guy, you know, kind of an elite defender and, you know, if you get a three out of him, it's, it's a miracle.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very fair contention and a very fair point. Um, and they got, I mean,
1: Maxi Maxie is, has been, you know, taking a jump this year. He I, got Harden.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, they got guys like, I'm not, I'm not discounting it, but what I'm saying is if I put their big three, so Tyrese Maxie would be the third guy in their big three, not Fiebel. And, but I, I put that against the bucks. I still I feel it's an advantage bucks. And the same is with Brooklyn. I mean, Katie is a freak Kyrie at this point, can't play at home. and. Ben Simmons, I do really like the fit for Ben Simmons. Like, I feel like it's the best case scenario for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. But something that has to be said about not playing basketball for all this time. And then now the expectations have changed.
1: Well, and Harden, too. Like, yeah, is he going to be in shape? Is he going to get his fat ass in shape? Yeah. I mean, he's got these injuries that when you're out of shape, you know, you get hurt trying to get in shape. And then it's just a complete, you know, circus, which you've seen basically since day one when he went to Brooklyn. I mean, I don't know what a, what a weird guy. I mean, just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how good of a look it is for the league once again, for this type of trade to happen just because, you know, it does make sense for both teams, but it's just kind of crazy that they're going to, that they're going to flip these guys in the division Um I don't know. It's fascinating, but, but yeah, we have no idea when Simmons is going to show up. Harden's currently injured. I know he's like kind of a day to day thing. Yeah, he's not injured. He's going to um, fucking
0: play tomorrow or Sunday. Like he's going to play. He's going to play before the All Star break. I guarantee it. He's going to start all of a sudden that hamstring is going to feel okay. Swatch. Yeah. Swatch. It's, I mean, that's how it goes, man. And uh, the other thing to bring up about Maxie, because I wanted to look it up before I brought it up, He his defensive rating, well, with 100 possessions, is 111 and 113 in his first two years in the NBA. That is not good. So you couple that with James Harden, who can't can't guard a light pole. I mean, uh, yeah, Thibault can do some stuff, but how good defensively is this team? It doesn't feel like this team yeah, and defensively. Yeah, Tobias, Tobias. Oh, another exactly, yeah. style. Yeah.
1: So so I, it's, it's basically gonna be it's gonna be. Stybel is going to be expected to do a lot, and I don't even yeah. know if he's going to going to start. Right. They're going to, you know, Danny Green's going to have to get in there too.
0: Another he's guy, defender, but he's also yeah. long in the he's long in the tooth too. He's yeah got to be in his mid thirties. And here's the other thing about both those teams: they are not deep at all. Like one injury, they are fucked like that. And I and I realize like the Bucks, yeah, they have an injury; it, it would affect them. And I'm not saying the Bucks are the deepest of the deep but if you once you get Brooke Lopez back you have the starting five, Bobby Pat and what, am I forgetting Grace, George Hill I mean you got guys alright like sur- sur- about surge, yeah, Serge obviously now so Serge before George I would say so that's your eight, that's a pretty good eight and you you could make it with that eight and I, I just look at what the Sixers have on that bench and it's not much I look at what Brooklyn has inside it's nothing a lot's going to be asked to Nick Claxton if you're really expecting Andre Drummond to play meaningful minutes against Giannis Antetokounmpo I welcome that fucking challenge um (laughs) and yeah I don't know I think I do think the East got easier today what say you Oh, boy. I have that take. I'll, I'll agree with Rami McIlwain. I saw Rami say that yesterday. I was like, I'm going to wait to see the deadline. And I I just feel like, I don't know, man. Like, I, if I was Philly, I would not have screwed. Like, they, to me, were our biggest challenge. Now, we, the Bucks, have not played the fully healthy Sixers yet this year. We'll see that next Thursday night, which becomes a premier game now with Harden. But I, man, I don't know if I would have broke that up. I I just, who knows? That's just my perspective. I, I could be wrong. I have, It could be Philly at the end, and it could be Philly and Milwaukee, or it could be something else. Who knows?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I probably would agree just because of Harden is a very known, and uh, there's plenty of data that he's a shrinker in the playoffs, and Ben Simmons is, you know, has been getting clowned for eight months now about, um, you know, his unwillingness to adapt or unwillingness to work on his game. And then, you know, have a complete blunder in a game seven in the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, you know, Brooklyn probably still scares me more than Philly. Yeah. Just because of Durant. Yeah. Because we, I, you know, I still, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Durant unless, was – Unless,
1: unless, unless Giannis is going to take the challenge, but then it's like, you know,
0: that's not I mean, really here, what. Weird what PJ said about it. I think I get annoyed at bringing PJ Tucker back up at this point. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, Bucks now, I think, are like fourth in luxury tax and all the NBA. Just want, just want that on the, on the books for, all those guys who bitched about B- PJ Tucker's contract again—it wasn't about the contract. It's fine. I'm I'm over it. But PJ talked about how difficult it was to guard Durant and to do to play yeah. offense. And I think that we need to replay that clip over and over again, if that if that does happen and we do get another round of Brooklyn, and and Milwaukee. And I do think there is a part of Durant. That is there going to say, all right, fuck this. It was just supposed to be me and Kyrie at the start. And I'm going to do this. And this is going to be my moment. And I'm going to show you all that I'm right on this. Because right now there's a lot of like, how badly did Durant screw this up? Like Durant did not necessarily execute the way he wanted to. And there is like this redemption arc angle that could potentially be there for him. We don't know if it'll happen, but it's it's on the table for that to be a thing
1: well i fully expect if, if he's healthy to get you know another another good good healthy swing from kevin durant no question yeah. i mean he's gonna be he's gonna be pissed i think that he you know i think it's only human for him or you know human nature for him to want to want to be the guy right i mean
0: yeah he
1: won two and he won two with golden state but it wasn't really his team and i think this this Brooklyn team is, it's, it's his team. And, you know, they came up a little bit short last year uh, to our benefit. And, um, you know, I'm not going to apologize for that, but I I definitely think that he's, he's going to be pissed off if he's healthy, but, you know, I don't know, the team around him, if, if Simmons can can have an Andrew Wiggins like Renaissance in this, in this, this perfect situation for him where, you know, the kind of the, the spotlight's off, you know he goes from Philly, where that fan base is is passionate and um, will let you know if you're not doing things right. Whereas like Brooklyn, you're 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 not even you're not even the most relevant team in your own city. Right. So I mean, the pressure I feel like should go off of Ben Simmons quite a bit. And if he can just play that facilitator role, I mean, a lot of people are comparing him to you know a Draymond Green. Like that's what they'd like to see him do, where he's he is, you know, almost a, you know, Kyrie's kind of like the Steph Curry where, Kyrie's going to do a lot of stuff off the ball and he's been doing that with Harden too. Um, man, yeah, I, I just maybe the Simmons to, to Brooklyn is, is gonna gonna make them a lot better.
0: Yeah, it very well could, and it, it very well could create Brook create a monster for Brooklyn.
1: I'm trying to think though, like, has Simmons. Ever guarded
0: Giannis? Like, is that no? Is that there's gonna the clip be... of Giannis calling him a big fucking baby. I mean, Giannis. I mean, that was a couple of years ago. but Giannis dunked on yeah. him and said he's a big. And we lost baby. that game. We did but I don't remember. Game. Giannis said, "I don't remember what Giannis did." Fifty. Yeah, yeah had fifty, he was awesome. Okay. In that game. Yeah, it was. A, it was a great. It's like an all-time Giannis game, but. Uh, they did lose. Um, I forget how, but they lost. That must have been a that must have been a pube Middleton game. And... Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I could find the box score, but yeah, it, it's. I will. The last thought on Brooklyn, and Philly, and we got power through some of these others. The last thought on Brooklyn, and Philly is they are not coached by guys that I trust in the postseason. Doc Rivers is, gets just a complete pass because he's loved by the media. The fact that he was considered among the 15 greatest coaches is an absolute joke. <laughs> the guy is a complete choke in the playoffs. He's Mike McCarthy, just in a different arena. He has one title. That's it. And he, he just, no one does more with or no one does less with more than Doc Rivers. And he seems to always piss down his leg in the playoffs. And Steve yeah. Nash. Steve Nash wasn't really built for the moment. I thought, I never really was like, oh, Nash made this one adjustment in the Brooklyn series that completely changed it for the Bucs. I think Nash was just like, save us, Kevin Durant, and that was it. And so I don't really find Steve Nash to be that great of a coach. Well, Nash was was always,
1: too, like, he would always pull his guys with, like, three or four minutes left, and it's like a 12- or 14-point game. Yeah. Like saving them for the next game, and it's like, you know, there's there's time here, and it was like, okay, yeah, and they pulled the plug with three or four minutes left, and I thought it was, you know, like it's a fucking regular season game.
0: Yeah, the computers must have said that's when you pull your guys, and so Nash like, I listen to the computers, that's what they tell me. Um, you know, not like Julius Randall knocking them out of people's hands. But, um, yeah, so that, that was a big de- deadline deal. Other rivals or other teams, you know, did make deals uh, that we can power through. I gave my opinion on LeVert. I didn't exactly like it for Cleveland. I felt like Cleveland got a little worse with that. I I understand the, they needed some wing help, but LeVert has, like, a 30% usage rate right now. I know he won't have that high um, in Cleveland, but I just worry that he's too much of a ball hog for what the Cavs are trying to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. Um, unless they, you know, have him come off the bench or something, and then their bench is formidable, oh, yeah. to say the least, with yeah. Kevin Love coming off there, hitting every fucking three he takes.
0: Yep. Seti. So, yeah, I, I mean, Seti. Yeah. I didn't uh, tr- If we're in the truth circle, I didn't know Seti uh, Osmond was still in, in the NBA um, until this year. So I thought he'd go really? back. Yeah, I thought he went back to Turkey. I don't know. Uh, what did you think of Derek White and your guy Daniel Tice going to the Boston Celtics?
1: <laughs> um, is Derek White a true point guard?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah, what the Celtics. I think, I think it's what the Celtics need, but I, I'd have to look through the schedule. I don't know. The Celtics might just be playing an easy part of their schedule. Like, are you buying the Celtics? You know, right now, I think they've won seven straight games. Are you buying this, or is it just? Hey, they're taking advantage of kind of an easy, easy schedule right now.
1: Yeah, I wish I had that in front of me. I might try to pull I'm it sorry. up real quick. I mean, they uh, I mean, you know, they they've blown a lot of a lot of games this year. Yeah. So maybe just, you know, have they sorted some of that out, some of the puckering, and have just been able to hang on to a few more games. Now they played Denver um, tonight when this podcast comes out. Um, so that'll be a little bit of a test for them.
0: Yeah. But, they, got uh, a, they got an interesting stretch coming up here. They have Denver, Atlanta, and Philly to close out, uh, and then they have Detroit, but that, that closes you out for the all-star break. So that's, I mean, that's a good little test here to see what Boston's about, because that's, well, that's not going to be easy.
1: They blew out the, uh, the heat and their G league team. Yeah. With the only guy that played really there was Bam. Um, for them, Max Drew said 27, of course.
0: Uh, yeah. um,
1: then it's after that, it's South Pelicans and eh. Hornets Pelicans, at home yeah. by six, barely beat the Pistons, blew out the Magic, and then blew out the Skeleton Crew Nets on Tuesday. So I mean, it's a pretty, pretty, you know, easy schedule, but I guess sometimes that could maybe get them rolling um, a little bit. But then now they have, you know, now it toughens up a little bit um, for the Celtics. And I, I don't know. I, I don't really see see them getting into
0: the top four. No, they still have size issues, right? Like, you know, Ennis Freedom was their leading rebounder yesterday. Corford, Time Lord, they, they still have issues on the interior. That has been a problem for us. We talked about annoying sports fans thing last week. That's like has to be the number one thing for Boston, is they just never seem to get that interior guy that is gonna, gonna be a factor for them. Yeah. Well, it's Aaron, it was Aaron Baines for a couple of years. Yeah. Did you hear about Aaron Baines? I don't want to go on a rabble because we don't have that much time, but like he. Like fell in, in Tokyo and like basically like it was in the hospital for like multiple months. Really? Yeah. Did not hear about that. Yeah. Wendy's bro story about that like last week. Crazy. Sorry. I had to bring it up. But yeah, they they really have not had size. Uh the speaking of size, the Raptors added Thad Young, very Raptors esque. Give him a first round pick for it, which is crazy. Um, people thought Thad Young would be a pile of guy credit to the Spurs for making that not a reality and getting some value back. I, you know, the Raptors are going to be a team we worry about, right? Because they are, they are the only demon that has not been conquered. And that's, yeah, Thad Young has played Giannis well in the past, but the past is the past. And I, I do think like the old Giannis narratives aren't really the same narratives that they are today just given with how Giannis has developed.
1: Yeah, I I don't necessarily recall a particular game against that young. I would assume it would have been when he was with the Bulls. Right. Um, But those Bulls teams are so freaking bad
0: when he was there.
1: I mean, you know, I don't – I mean, how many – I feel like we beat the Bulls ten times in a row at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, we have quite the streak against Chicago going.
1: So, I guess – Sometimes if you win the game, you might forget about, you know, if he on a struggle or not, but, um, yeah. Well, also I mean, too, you know, also thad, too that,
0: oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I would say Thad Young is a guy that I kind of wanted, but I just don't think there was financially, it was would have been tough to get to the, like the 14 million that he was making, mm-hmm. um, because the bucks don't have that. They didn't have that, you know, eight or $10 million trade chip sitting there. Um, and that's I guess that's one thing that we never talked about with the Bucks is, you know, I you know, I don't know what the trade asset is, you know, next year on this roster. Um, you better hope that Jordan Nora figures it out or Yeah, that's basically um, your hope. Does
0: you need Nora? I
1: mean, yeah. But we can cross that bridge when we get to it next right. year. Right.
0: They might have to they might have to shuffle the deck a little bit. They might have to start looking at some different things to do and kind of look to see what others have done and really value draft picks and kind of try to try to make it work. I think it gets harder and harder, you know, with, and that's the league, the league plans for that. And I think the Bucks just have to have to work and maneuver their way around way around their roster. Um, yeah. who, I forget if we had anything else, any other trades I missed. I mean, uh, Montrose Herald yep. to the Charlotte, I mean, I don't know if Charlotte's going to be in the top six. Charlotte is a fun team. Uh, Harrell is a a fun player, but he doesn't play a lot of defense. That Charlotte team is already lacking defensively. And now you just kind of add this to the mix. He's just another kind of bigger body with Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington didn't get moved. Um, There was some discussion that, I saw a deal on the table that was like PJ Washington and somebody else for Jacob Pertle and it didn't happen. Now, if they would have got Purtle and Montrose Harrell, I would have looked at that and said, okay, that kind of scares me. That makes Charlotte a little more interesting. But they feel to me a lot like Cleveland and in a similar vein, Memphis, where it's like we've seen this in the playoffs time and again. It happened to the Bucs. It's happened to so many young teams. Now i said this, I think, in three podcasts this week, so I apologize to people who listen regularly. But you don't just go to the finals your first year. It just doesn't happen. You have to deal with some shit first, and you're usually probably a second or at best conference finals before, before you bow out. It's very rare to see a young team trudge through the playoffs. So that's kind of my thoughts on Charlotte.
1: Yeah, and they're, they've sort of kind of fallen apart here um of late they've lost six in a row Yeah, they're not playing so um you know i think their defense was okay for a little while there um but it seems to have certainly fallen back to to the mean a little bit more uh like giving up 126 to indiana you know a lot of a lot of 100 plus but you know they're they're really scrappy but um and Harold's a Bucks killer and I think he goes you know joins a team that tends to, to play well against the Bucks. I don't know if they're really littered with Bucks killers per se. I mean LaMelo Ball had the game of his life against the Bucks back in November that was I think. Um which was a very fun game I might add but oh yeah the Bucks needed a needed a buzzer beater to win. Um uh, but, you know, I guess that would be the the fear there would be, you know, you haven't really dominated Charlotte at any point, you know, and now they add another, another Bucks killer because that, you know, very well could be a first round opponent, which I think would be unfortunate. I, I'd i rather see Charlotte than Toronto in the first round. Oh, no doubt, 100%. But.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, if you had to choose, it's for sure Charlotte. Um, but if or, we but if we want if we want all the smoke,
1: then maybe we do want Toronto in the first job.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I won't mean, be afraid. I won't be afraid of Toronto. I'll put it that way. I'll, I will figure it out and we'll make it work. You got to also remember the games against Toronto this year. Giannis played in one of them um, out of three, and yeah the box been kind of weird this year and we'll hopefully hopefully when when i'm talking this out this evening we're talking about another bucks win and if we're not they are three and one on a west coast road trip we'll take that every day we'll take that every day of the fucking week so mm-hmm. so yeah it's all it's all good man i'm very excited for i mean i i this to me and i, I told you when we where we did the pre. I was like, let's not talk a lot about Bucks Suns. We won't. It's mod step off. But this is the most excited I've been for a basketball game in this year in a while. Um just really feels like the the weird start of the NBA season. I realize I've watched a lot, but it's like it was like, all right, I'm excited. Like I'm feeling like it feels playoffy. I think it's because the Suns are a rival, but I'm I'm really fired up for this one. So I hope hope it lives up to the hype. I might have lost Mitch. It's okay.
1: No, no, I'm
0: here. Okay. There
1: it is. Gotta keep keep it moving.
0: Yeah, gotta keep her moving. We got the Super Bowl this weekend too. Um people will be indulging. It's Valentine's Day weekend, which might conflict for some. Um, but it's a Super Bowl that I don't think a lot of people care too much about. Um, it just It's the Rams, it's the Bengals. There isn't that much sex appeal, even though Joe Burrow is definitely on the precipice of being the premier sponsor quarterback if he were to win this. Why do you think there isn't the buzz? Is it because of the lack of public team? Is it the Rams just being a super team? Is it something else I'm not thinking about? Why do you think that Keep, or is it just a burnout of football because the season's too long? What what well, what do you think?
1: I, I don't mind the the, the football burnout, um, yeah, but I don't think that's that's the main thing. I think it's the fact that there's no Tom Brady or no no like villain in this in this Super Bowl. Everybody everybody likes um, Joe Burrow. Everybody. Um, is rooting for Matt Stafford after being, you know, buried in Detroit for all those years—ten, what are the ten? It was ten or twelve years he was in Detroit, and um, you know, never gotten anywhere near this this point. And you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I don't really care who wins. I guess I'm rooting for, you know, I feel like most of the country is probably rooting for the Bengals because they're more of the underdog, um, and they've, you know, shocked the world to this point, and. People would like to set that up where it's got some some Brady vibes from Joe Burrow. Where you know, if you remember way back, and I barely do because I was about probably ten or eleven years old when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. But that was certainly not the expectation. I mean, they were taking on no,
0: you know the, the greatest, greatest show on, on turf, turf. Rams and Rams were a yeah. fourteen-point favorite. Right? I mean, you know, there was nothing there. I, I think you know what it actually, if I'm thinking about this with the no villain, it kind of reminds me of the Rams' first Super Bowl with that era, the St. Louis, Tennessee game, where you had this Tennessee Titans team that it kind of came from nowhere. They, that was the Music City Miracle year. The Rams, this amazing story with Kurt Warner, but it was a transitional period for the NFL, right? Because John L.A. had just retired far had not made the playoffs that year they went eight and eight Ray Rhodes um Troy Aikman was on his way out Steve Young might have been already gone I I can't remember all of this so sure the fact checkers will get me on this but it 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 is vaguely similar to that that game was great I mean that 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 was an incredible Super Bowl after having a shit one the year prior in Denver and Atlanta that I wonder if that's kind of what we're getting here is really this transitional period in the NFL because, like, what's to say that the Rams don't go back again in two years? And then we're all like, kind of like, fuck the Rams. We don't like the Rams because that's what happens when you start winning a lot. People hate you. We see that a little bit with the Bucks, but not a ton. But if, I guarantee you, if the Bucks win a second straight, it'll be uncool for some people to like the Bucks because that's just how it goes. And I think you're right. I think that that is a really big part of this is there is no real villain. I could argue Aaron Donald's a villain because I think he is a very dirty player that does not get called for it, and I don't really know why. It's like, oh, look how tough Aaron Donald's playing. I'm like, he's fucking choking the guy, I guess, but <laughs> I, that, I guess that's acceptable for just Aaron Donald. I don't know. I just, I get annoyed by that. I think he's... I also get annoyed that like people are acting like Cooper cup is like white Jesus at wide receiver. Um, I can find reasons to hate, to hate the Rams, but I think it's the annoyance that the Packers didn't even get their shot against the Rams. Cause I still think they would have won, but they peed all over the leg, but apparently it's not cool for Aaron Rodgers to be celebrating an MVP title. According to Dov Kleiman. I don't know if you saw that tweet today, but he, you know, Rodgers had a thing at the waste management open, the pro am where Guy said three times Rogers threw up four. He's like, why is Rogers like celebrating? Like, should Rogers be like sad about this? This guy is like a NFL tweeter. He's a big Brady dick rider. And it's like, it was a month ago, dude. Like Gronk was celebrating or Gronk was partying after he lost the Super Bowl the day of. She got a lot of shit for it. But I, and I looked at it like, oh man, dude, celebrating the season's over. Like, that's a great, that's, that's a great feeling. Anyone who's played a sport knows how good of a feeling that is. So I know I tangent there, but it's um, yeah. I, I think I think there there is no villain, and that's tough, man. That's, that's I'm tough.
1: trying to look at. I think the last Super Bowl probably without a villain per se. Might I guess you could maybe argue Bron- Broncos and Panthers, but for sure like Miners.
0: Yeah, Broncos, Broncos, Panthers. You had Broncos, Panthers. You had the. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning and Cam Newton annoyed people. I think I think both those guys annoyed it, different people because you had the Brady people who didn't want to see Peyton Manning win a second one. You had Cam Newton from the Auburn days and everything like that. Ravens True. Ravens and Niners, you didn't really have much. I guess you know Kaepernick wasn't what he was later with the kneeling and all that shit. And, you know, we had Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis bothered people and rubbed the wrong way. And that deer antler spray was a huge story heading into that Super Bowl. But it wasn't like, you know, screw it Ray Lewis. It, it comes back to the quarterbacks usually, right? And, and it was and it was the Harbaugh boys. Yeah, and that was, I think, something that people didn't like or that it, it annoyed people. But it was a fun storyline. It's the Harbaugh. Yeah, it was
1: a feel-good feel story.
0: Right. It was like, oh, Jack Harbaugh on the field, you know. And with a with a full house intact, might I add? Um, and only the real ones will get that joke. Um, we don't need to tell it, but that that's a that's a joke for the real ones. Um, and yeah, so I agree that this there is. We usually have a villain. We usually have Tom Brady to cheer against. We usually, I think, if the Chiefs were in here, everybody would be cheering for the Rams and be like, "Let's get Stafford one. Let's get McVeigh one." Why I think Mahomes, it, the hatred for Mahomes is not him, which is weird. It's his wife or his girlfriend, you know, whatever. His significant other, let's put it that way, and, and his brother, which is really rare, really weird. But they're all over social media, so people obviously want to get their, get their turns on, uh, on shitting on both those people. It's so, just uh,
1: interesting to see, like, I don't know. The trade deadline in the NBA was was pretty wild, and it is going to overshadow, you know, the Super Bowl for probably the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh yeah, Saturday's here, and it's, you know, I guess we have the Super Bowl tomorrow, and I don't know, maybe one or two if like it's in LA and it's kind of like, like be more corporate or like, you yeah. Know, or you know, celebrity, or what's the word I'm looking for? Where it's just there's nothing like.
0: It's business as usual. It's business as well, usual. It's it's like not if it's if it's in, if it's in Tampa,
1: you know, yeah. or like Arizona. Like there's nothing. Next blue, year. There's
0: nothing. There's nothing blue collar about Los Angeles. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, no, there. I mean, as someone pointed out, wrote an article today about how they're having a Super Bowl and. They're trying to cover up how bad their homeless population is right now in L.A. They're trying to basically be like, oh, no, we don't have a homeless problem. What are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, it's not all glitz and glam there. Well, and, but, it's,
1: and, and the NFL, the NFL's kind of having a oh, yeah. PR nightmare right now. And absolutely. And Goodell, Goodell is in the back pocket of all the owners. So, yeah,
0: Goodell wants the season to, to end like immediately. Like he's like, I can't so can go away. Yeah, can I get on a plane to fucking Turks and Caicos like immediately after? Like he wants to do the exit that Murph wanted to do after the Packers lost. Like he just wants to get the fuck out and not talk to anybody for three or four days. I don't blame him. But what do you think prediction wise? I took I'm taking the Bengals. I just I explained it yesterday in the pod. I just don't want to go against Chilboro. And I, I against.
1: think the I think the Rams are going to win.
0: I think they're going to win by a
1: lot. Well, I don't know about that. I okay. just, I, I, I just think that God, that pass rush against it's, it's got a lot of last year's Super Bowl vibes in that regard. Dude, where
0: I know, Chief, but like I, the Chiefs, I hear you. What? No, 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 Go ahead.
1: But it, I mean, it's easily. It could easily be. I,
0: I guess I really have
1: a hard time trusting Stafford. And McVay has had some weird kind of coaching oh, moments in the playoffs. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's going it, to, it should be a good game. No yeah, question I, about it. I, it, it, it. It always
0: is seemingly. I, I will say this. I'll say two things. One, I hear you on the pass rush, but I lit, this is the reason I went against the Bengals against Tennessee. That's why I went against the Bengals against Kansas city. I was like, this offensive line cannot hold up. And they did. So I'm like, maybe they're just the team of destiny. Maybe you just get on a roll and you catch every break and that's it and then i was gonna say about the heartbreak thing i just really hope that cincinnati doesn't get their dick stomped on as a team without a championship because i don't i don't know losing a super bowl in like a heartbreaking fashion it might be the worst of all of them i don't know baseball losing like a game seven world series on a walk-off be, I'd be catonic if that happened to the Brewers. I don't, even with all the Bucks glory I had, if I, we were like at Broadhouse and fucking, I'm trying to think of a name, um, Nelson Cruz, because now there's universal DH. Well, it could be, could be in the AL, that doesn't work, whatever. Just hits a home run, ends it the Brewer season in game seven or game six. I would probably just get in a hole and cry not be happy about it in the World Series. So that's uh yeah, I can I couldn't imagine. I mean yeah so okay. I, I hope I hope for Cincinnati fans they don't have that but then you do remember they're also Reds fans so then there is that where right? it's like well you guys do cheer for a ship baseball team. But you know I do like the Bengals and I think everybody is gonna be a Bengals fan with Burrow and Chase. They have a very fun team I'll tell you what having watched them go down
1: 21, nothing against Kansas city in Kansas city. And to, to weather that storm and come back, I have a really hard time worrying about them getting their asses kicked.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I do agree. I mean, that's very, very impressive. I do agree with you on the Stafford thing too. I just, I, it's crazy to say you trust Joe Burrow more, but he's fuck He's Joey cool, man. I hate the Joe Burr uh, nickname, though. Really do not like yeah, that one. That, yeah, that sucks. That's about as lame of a nickname as you can get. That's a House of Highlights nickname. Um, but what are you going to do? It's the internet for you, man. Well, yep. we, we should we should wrap. Um, I did, real quick, your thoughts on MLB going to Universal DH. Not a surprise, right? No, not at
1: all. It was inevitable. I'm for it. I think it's going to create... I wish it would have
0: happened two years ago. Ryan Braun would probably still be a Brewer. I, but, that, uh, I had that. It's scary that I had that same fucking thought. <laughs> yeah, scary, well, very
1: alike.
0: Very you and I on Ryan Braun is uh, is like a combination like Giannis and Drew Holiday on a, on a fast break. Well,
1: maybe they'll the strike will go forever and they'll play like a sixty game season again, and Braun will be like, "All right, fucking, I'll be the DH for like thirty games."
0: Uh, don't even, don't even. I'm not up like you <laughs> like you in a game seven. Like, come on, you can't do that to me. Um,
1: but no, I, I, he's done, but no, I know he's done. uh, I, I think it's it's fine. Um, the baseball Puritans don't like it, they like the strategy of the National League, but I don't know, there's there's still some strategy involved. Yeah. I mean, who cares? No, seeing it, the, the pitcher's hitting has gotten. It just became a, a farce the last couple of years, like preseason nFL and you know certainly and preseason and it's just like it's just like why are we why are we doing
0: this and it'll speed it it should yeah I know there are some who thinks it might not speed up the game, but it will speed up the game because you're gonna have less well, – I don't know that's i i now I'm debating myself if it's going to Slow the game down. Well, you'll down. have less double switches and shit like that. Yeah, but... you'll have less that. You'll have less. You may have less pitching, you know, people coming in and out. You have the three three batter rule, which I think helps. Um, you create more jobs with it. I think that's really yeah. important. And, and, yeah, it does devalue your bench a little bit, sure. But I think you still need a bench because these guys don't want to play 162 games a year. And they stop oh. drug and they stop drug testing. So Yelich is going to be hitting bombs again.
1: Leroy got in.
0: Did he? Yeah. Okay. Well, we uh, I will mention that on the uh, the nightcap of this pod uh, about Leroy Butler getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, that's really great. Um, that's really special and good for him. I'm I'm happy. That's been a. Longstanding thing for so many people. So it's it's great that he finally finally got the call. About damn time, right? Yeah. They also, how about Dave Baker just deciding to leave the the Hall of Fame? Like he's retiring. You think that guy has some skeletons in his closet? I mean, his closet's massive because he's like three, six, nine, 375 or he might be four hundred. He's he is a tall drink of water, let's just say. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know. All good things must come
0: to an end, I guess. All right. And that like, like this podcast. Um, we will see you next week. We will uh, get you probably ready for Buck Sixers. Um, we'll do it a little earlier next week. Um, Buck Sixers on the docket. Get ready for Rogers Palooza. I feel like it's already started. Every day I'm running on the treadmill and I get up on and then. there's at least one. What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? This legend says Rodgers this. It's like, yeah. Do you need to make a Super Bowl prediction and an Aaron Rodgers destination prediction as well? Um, And yeah, who knows what what else? Maybe MLB will take their heads out of their asses and end the lockout. It would be very on brand for the MLB to end their lockout Sunday right before the Super Bowl. I would love nothing more. Nothing would be pure MLB that ended their lockout on the day of the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, they they need, they need almost need to take this another week.
0: Yeah, uh, they're, they're all assholes. Um, all right, that does it. We will uh, be back next week, Monday pod. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, I'm sure. We'll look back on, oh, no bucks this weekend. But we do have, we'll do some college hoops. We'll uh, get it all for you. Um, So we'll talk to you then. See you later. Have a good weekend. Peace. Peace.